and welcome to the Creative Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Van Doren, and in this podcast, I talk with some of the most creative and inspiring people that I know. From hearing about their process to what holds them back from creating, routines and rituals, to the intersection between creativity and spirituality, you'll hear from writers, actors, singers, dancers, musicians, painters, multi-passionate creatives, and anyone else who considers themselves a creative soul. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Creative Soul Podcast. My name is Leah, and I am so happy to have you here joining us today for this very special episode with a very special guest, Vienda Maria. Vienda has been one of my biggest inspirations and mentors in the creative space, in feminine business, and I'm just so honored to have her on the show today. So a little bit more about Vienda. She is a writer and creative who teaches women how to redefine every aspect of life through the lens of psychology, blended with spirituality and psychosomatic practices in online courses, classes, and live events. Using an interactive teaching style, anecdotes, stories, and real-world tools, she takes you on a heart-opening journey. Ooh, if you can't already tell by that bio, I am just so honored to have Vienda on because like I said, she has been one of my biggest mentors before I even got the chance to work with her in person. I started reading her blog and reading her email. She just, the way that she writes, um, really her essence and her soul really comes through. And whenever I'm feeling like uninspired and not really inspired about writing or even creativity, if if I read a piece that Vanda wrote, I instantly just feel this boost of inspiration, this boost of creativity. And so having those people in your life, those mentors, those inspirations that you really look up to when you really do need that hit of creative inspiration is just such a blessing. So it's such a blessing to be able to talk with Vienda today and we talk about all kinds of things. I just wanted to have a space to be able to talk to her and ask her questions that I've been thinking about, questions that um, have really been teaching me on this journey of life. So we talk about the magic of liminal space. We talk about feminine business and how to be in your essence as a human being in this world and also approach your business in that way. She teaches a lot of courses centered around that idea. We also talk about following the call of the unknown. That's something that I really resonate with Vienda on her journey that she just listens to the universe and answers it and that's something I find really inspiring as I know that I'm called to this to do the same and you don't see a lot of people talking about that um, really so openly and so wildly in a way that Vienda does I, I think of Vienda as like a free spirit wild woman intuitive woman who's just really in touch with her cycles and her beingness and her femininity so really inspired by Vienda. I know that you're going to get so much out of this episode because we just talk about so many different like downloads and just lessons that we've learned throughout life. So this is a real treat today. I'm so excited for you to hear. And without further ado, here is Vienda Maria. Well, hello, Vienda. Welcome to the Creative Soul Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. 
Yeah, I'm so excited for you to be here because I've been following you online for years and you've been one of my biggest inspirations and mentors in the space. So it's just such an honor to be able to talk with you today. And one of the first questions that I always ask my guests when they come on is what is currently fueling your creative soul? Such a good question. What I would answer with is I'm very much in a liminal space right now. So it's that in between understanding and knowing what the concrete things that you're working on or birthing creatively into the world. And I love this space because this is like the really juicy, like I like to call it the compost for the creative expressions that come through. So yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. That's what I'm, the field that I'm playing in right now, which feels full of potential also full of uncertainty. The more I relax into that and surrender into it, the answers that I'm looking for come. And I notice whenever I'm like, I just want to know what's happening already. That's when, when that resistance shows up, that's when the creativity is like, okay, well, I'm going to go on holidays for a little while until you calm down. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. I love that you said it's the compost of the creative process that feels really like alive. And I definitely relate. I'm also in a season of liminal space and it talking to people, it feels like a lot of people are in that space right now. Like it feels like a collective liminal space. And so I wonder kind of how that too affects our externals and our internals realities. But you just shared this beautiful, I like follow your blog and your articles and your updates all the time because I love your writing. But you shared this beautiful reflection. It was called From Blood to Blood about like you kind of keeping this reflection or this process during your cycle. And so I'd love to, I just want to talk to you about everything, but I want to hear like, how (laughs) does your writing process work? Because you share so beautifully in like the reflections of the everyday, but also tying it to what's going on in your internal landscape and external landscape. So I'm curious, how would you describe your writing process and how in this season of liminal space, like how, how does it feel currently? How does that relationship shift and change depending on what season or cycle you're going through? Mm -hmm. There's different types of writing that I do. So I do personal writing, specifically journaling, very consistently maybe not every day because some days they just don't need it but I would say most days and that happens all the time it just happens all the time the only time I notice when journaling doesn't happen as much is if I'm in the middle of executing or bringing to life a big creative project but because that all of my energy is in like that birthing Mm. process but rest of the time like that personal journey journaling practice is always there so there's that journaling and it's literally like at the end of the day or when I'm having big feelings which could happen at any time of the day (laughs) I sit down I'm like what am I feeling and I it's a sort of stream of consciousness free rising practice where I just allow whatever wants to come through come through so in that article blood to blood I mean those seven articles or the seven pieces in that article were literally just pulled out of my journal but they're not all of my journal intakes in that month or within that cycle. Some of them are just rubbish. And some of them also really personal, not on at a place where I want to share. And then when it comes to writing, for example, articles and blog posts, there's two things that happens that happen. Either I sit down, I'm like, I want to share something. 
I want to put something out into the world and, and offer it and connect. Like it's so much about connection, writing to me and, and sharing it in the way that I do is about connection and community. Mm-hmm. And I'll think of something specific that I want to express or share and then that kind of flows through naturally or I'll have this inspired idea or I'll have someone ask me a question and I'll already have this very specific thing that I want to write about so yeah I would say like there's this it depends on what kind of writing I'm doing Mm. for for but you know I think all writers say this like it's all about consistency Mm. and even though I write consistently I think I could write more consistently than I do (laughs) imagine if I did (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like all about that daily practice. And then when the inspired Mm -hmm. inspiration comes, then it kind of can just flow through. I love that. I feel like I know a lot about your personal journey because I've been following you for so long, but for those of, for those listening that maybe don't know you and your work, will you kind of tell us like how you got started? What was the catalyst for you to be on the journey that you've been on and how did you start your business and where did all that come from? My goodness, <laughs> I will try and make this short. <laughs> There's a lot, a lot to share on, on that. I will try and be chronological because that's the easiest. <laughs> so I came from uh, quite a destructive, broken family background. My dad died when I was 10. My mom remarried before he died. She, she married and I was adopted by my stepfather who was very verbally and emotionally abusive. And, and then on top of that, my mother has mental health issues, which is the underlying reason why she was making all these decisions that were quite harmful for both of us in the end. And so like, you know, I had this very, very difficult childhood. And when you're a child, you're not like, oh my God, like, how did I end up with this difficult life? You're just so accepting and you're like, okay, this is, this is what I've got. And this is what I've got to work with. And this is my normal. And, but I always knew that there was something not quite right. And of course, then, you know, in my journey of wanting to understand what on earth had happened to me and why I felt the way that I did. And when you're a child, because your ego is undeveloped, you always think it's all about you. So this is how we essentially create trauma. We decide that it's our fault, that things aren't good, that the people around us aren't happy or whatever it is. And so becoming a young adult I wanted to understand like why do I feel the way that I feel why have the people around me behaved the way that they do what's going on and so I studied psychology it was like the obvious next step to me anyway actually it reminds like I just remembered the other day the first time I went to a psychologist I was 19 and after I think two or three sessions she basically fired me I was fired from my first therapist because I did not know how to open up. I didn't know how to speak because my entire life I'd been told that my emotions and feelings were invalid and like not welcome in my home and in my sphere that I had learned to repress them so much that I was numb and I couldn't feel them. And because I couldn't feel them, I also couldn't articulate them and so then I went to therapy knowing that I needed therapy and the psychologist is like well if you don't talk to me I can't help you and I'm like I don't fucking know how to talk <laughs> I was like I needed therapy to get therapy totally. <laughs> so wild and I know that so many people go through this it's like this big learning curve of reconnecting to yourself so I studied psychology and at the end of you know I was invited to do my PhD and at that point even though I'd loved 
studying and I loved learning so so much I had come to the understanding that the structure within I which I would have to work as a practicing psychologist didn't actually align with my own personal values and beliefs in the way that we can address a human and this is way before all of this knowledge that we have now which is that the body holds the score so we can't just access this trauma and these things that we're working through through the mind we have to access it through the body and I intuitively knew that but I didn't understand it at the time and so I decided not to be, not to continue and not become a psychologist which is what the original plan was and I ended up working for music festivals for a really long time and it was amazing I mean first of all basically took myself on a what would I call it a psychedelic healing journey for for like several years where I took all the psychedelics I took all of these different chemicals but in a very self-aware way I wasn't like trying to escape something I was trying to understand my own psyche and heal what was going on and because I was working in this world where drugs were so readily available and normal like a normal part of life it was very very accessible and then I had music and so like I literally I like to say like I stomped out my demons I spent night after night like moving my body using substances to access the parts of myself that held all this pain and this trauma and this shame and all of the stuff that was holding me back from feeling liberated and feeling like I understood myself. And it was so, so powerful, such a wonderful, unconventional journey to go on. And I did, I mean, I worked for festivals for almost six years. I think that like that intense part of my healing journey was only the first two or three. And then I was like, okay, well, like I've accessed that part of myself and there's a limit to that you know I started much more working with my spiritual practice and things like that to continue that journey because I think that yeah you kind of reach a plateau with with substances it doesn't continue and so while I was traveling the world working for all these festivals I actually originally I what I used to do because I'd meet so many people in different countries around the world it was before really the time of social media, the way that it is now, I would collect all these email addresses. So I had like hundreds, maybe thousands of email addresses. And every month or so, I would send out this mass email to everyone with like just stories about my adventures and my insights. And it was always through this psychological lens, but of travel, of understanding and experiencing new cultures and, and the world and, and everything that I was doing. And I remember one day someone emailed me back and was like, you really should start a blog. And I was like, I don't do the internet. (laughs) The internet (laughs) is for like squares and I'm too much of a free spirited hippie. I would never do that. (laughs) And literally a year later, that was exactly what I did. And then that blog evolved into the business that I have now. And it's had, you know, it's, it's its own entity. It's had its own journey. There's a constant evolution. I think that's like, ah, that was the briefest way that I could share that story. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that. And it's just so, yeah, just beautiful to hear. Like I really related with kind of your journey of going to therapy. Cause I started to go to therapy for the first time this year. And I think the feeling that I had when I first started was like, well, I don't know what I don't know. Like there are things that 
maybe are going on deeply inside of me that I'm not even aware of. So I, even though I do all this spiritual healing work and I've been doing those practices for many years, it's like, I wasn't even aware of like things that, or patterns or behaviors that were happening because of something else. And so I'm wondering if you kind of had that similar experience of like, yeah, like I, I don't even know what I don't know. Hmm. I mean, I think, hmm, I hear what you're saying. And I think you have to learn how to access those aspects of yourself. And that's where therapy can be really helpful because there is this person who can, who's, skilled at seeing and hearing what you're not saying and that's often where the keys are Mm. and having said that I think that with time and with practice you can start doing that for yourself as well because you start being more open to because it's all it's actually all front and center Mm. that's the weird thing we think they're blind spots but actually they're right they're in front of us you know I don't know if you've ever done this but like you've lost your phone if you lost your pen and they're actually in your hand yep it's kind of like that right oh. it's like it's right there you just don't know you're looking in the wrong places yeah totally yeah and I had the experience definitely of like just it was a process where it was like layer by layer and so I would understand one thing and or like I would feel something and I like she would say something or whatever and I would cry and I wouldn't know why I was crying but it was like something was there. And so then the next week, then I would like, you know, so it was just a process. And that was a, just a beautiful way for me to learn to just like be, I don't know, sustain the process instead of like, okay, I just wanted to figure it out quick and then move on. But instead it's like, you have to really kind of sit with it and do it step-by-step. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that brings me to, cause I'm curious to hear about sustainability in your business because it's, you know, it changes and evolves as you change and evolve. And I wonder like how, how does that work for you? And especially when something is so tied to your creativity, like how, how do you shape that? And how does, how does something that exists outside of you, like allow be allowed to be sustainable as you shift and grow and evolve? Hmm. Could you maybe elaborate what you mean with the word sustainable? Hmm. That's a beautiful question. Yeah. I think I mean sustainable, like, I guess for me, like I'm having a hard time now, like kind of who I was and what I wanted to share has changed as I've changed. So then it's like, does, or or I had this, I I was actually in Mexico and I had this moment where I was like sitting on the beach and I was like, oh my God, I am not my business. Like, I think I was trying to make <laughs> my business me. And I was like, mm-hmm. it's not like I am my own person and my business could be an extension of me, but it's not me. And so I don't have to think of it as like, and I, and I was really thinking of it as my creative practice. Like my business is my creative practice, but I felt like there had to be some kind of separation in order for it to be sustainable. If that makes sense. Hmm. Yeah. I, the way that I view my business is that it's its own entity. So for example, I'm going to compare it to having a child. Like Hmm. when you give birth to a child, it has maybe like half the DNA that's yours and then half from whoever the other partner was. And like, and in the case of the, of the, of my business, it's the universe. Hmm. So the universe is daddy. Um, And (laughs) (laughs) and this entity even though I gave birth to it and it has parts of me in it has its own life and 
its own life force and I can trust that to evolve and to grow and to be what it needs to be as I continue to feed it and inform it and support it and show up to it in the ways that I need to. So I'm never concerned about the sustainability of my business because life, the intelligence of life of life will take care of that. Mm. I think what I would be considering with that question is what are my mental blocks around not just allowing it to be what it needs to be? Like, how am I getting in the way? Yeah, yeah, that's a beautiful inquiry. Yeah, and that that leads me to like, something I'm reflecting on a lot lately is like desire and kind of this mental block of like, well, what if I don't know what I want? And it's like, I thought, mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I think I know what I want. And then I do the things that I wanted. And they just they do satisfy a, a part of the soul that was calling me forward to that, but that it's like, I don't know. So that there's this, there's this block within me. And I wonder if you've ever encountered that of like knowing what, what it is that you want, or do you kind of just allow the universe to bring those things into your life and kind of leave space for that unknown and for that kind of mystery to unfold as it should. Definitely. I veer more to the second one. Every now and then I have these like very human desires. I want to live here. I want to do this. I want to la la la. And I'm like, sure, go for it. But most of the time I'm like, I have no idea what I want (laughs) or I don't even particularly, I'm not that concerned about what I want or don't want. I'm more interested in how how I can create space for what wants to land with me Mm, and being open to that. Yeah, that's really helpful because I feel like that's my natural inclination. Mm. But then I feel like society tells us like, well, no, like, you know, if you want to manifest what you want, you have to know what you want. But it's like, but what if I don't know exactly what I want? Like, I want to leave space for that mystery. Mm -hmm. But I mean, what you probably do know is that you want more. Totally. More fun, more expansion, more inspiration, more connection more abundance more love like that's what we all want and so that's enough you're like I just want more thanks more of everything (laughs) more of all the good things thanks very much okay bring it to me (laughs) and that's enough yeah that's enough yeah that's like what I have to remember too yeah that kind of brings me to wondering what your current spiritual practice looks like and it's like are there just certain beliefs that you have that you really you know, kind of create this divine relationship with the universe. I love that universe is daddy. I love that. But, or there's like specific practices that really ground you into that cultivation of that relationship or kind of how would you describe your relationship to spirituality? Mm. I feel like this is an ever evolving experience and journey for all of us. And at the moment, I'm really noticing that my body seems to be the most effective portal to connecting to that aspect or to that source energy and you know the when I feel most connected and when I feel most inspired and like I'm being filled up is when I'm just immersing myself in being with myself in my own energy and it's literally not doing anything it's just 
being and it might be like lying in the sun or lying on my bed or lying on the sofa and maybe you know my attention was to read a book or it was to journal or to like la la but I just sink into the feeling of being with myself and really immerse myself in that feeling and and it's almost like I get to feel my own essence and that essence is not separate from the universe and source energy and and so that connection happens in that place and I get so fueled and and filled up by that feeling and then I take that energy and bring it out into the world and 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 give it to the people around me and to my creative projects and to my work and to everything and so there's this sort of cyclical um, practice that happens that's probably the best way I can explain that (laughs) That's so beautiful. And yeah, it makes me think of, cause I feel like what you're describing is so perfect and it just is, you know, being is enough. And that is what we have the present moment. But I feel like that is the piece that is so hard for people to have because they're in this do, 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 go, go, go mode. And even if they mm-hmm. have a moment to be by themselves, it's like, they want to reach for their phone or they want to distract mm-hmm. themselves. And it's like, it's really hard to drop into that state of presence. And so did you have that experience of it being hard to kind of develop a practice of being or what kind of advice would you give to people if they are having that trouble of just simply being without doing anything and not feeling like they need to do anything? Mm -hmm. It's such a good question because I actually feel like that feeling of resistance to the present moment coexists with the willingness and the wantingness to be in the present moment. Mm. I was thinking about this yesterday. I was in this immersive experience being like, oh, it feels so good. And then thinking like, why do I resist it? Like I can access this so easily all the time. I don't need anything. And yet I do resist it. I do avoid it. I'm like, no, I'm going to go do the things and the la la la. And and I don't have an answer. for why we resist it but I do have an answer for how you can bring more of it in which is to just make devote yourself like make a path make a promise to yourself to spend 10 undistracted minutes with yourself Mm -hmm. every day no phone no book no nothing get comfy it doesn't matter like what position you sit or lie in like whatever position you can sink into your beingness in that works that's all that matters and then once you start accessing that like every day for 10 minutes it becomes longer and then maybe you do it three times in a day or maybe you do it for an hour in a day or and it doesn't matter it's just about coming back because once you start being like oh yeah this is this feeling oh I feel so good Mm. I can come back to it again and again and the more you access it the more you access it and then that expands Mm. yeah it's again it's like all about that daily practice of just being with it and I think it's so interesting that you said those two kind of coexist because that's what I'm learning a lot lately about just the paradox and duality of being a human so it's like two things or multiple (laughs) things at the same time are always true so it's never really like one one way or the other it's kind of everything exists all at once so just mm-hmm. kind of creating permission for that and that's okay to feel that way absolutely absolutely and that's one a really interesting thing about meditation if you choose to do meditation as for example as an access point to the aspect 
of yourself, you will notice that it's not the thoughts disappear. You keep thinking all the thoughts and they but where your attention is changes. So normally our attention is with the thoughts, like, no, 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 what about my list? What am I gonna have for dinner? What did my mom say? Blah, 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 right? Those thoughts continue, but when your attention moves from the thoughts to an aspect inside yourself that's more feeling-based and not word or thought-based, the way you feel changes and what's important in that moment changes and the quality of the moment changes. Mm. But the thoughts are still there. They didn't go away. You're just not giving them attention in that moment. Totally. It's like you change your relationship to... It, even though it doesn't actually change. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yes. And something that like really, and I relate to your journey a lot. And it, something that really inspires me about your journey is your willingness to follow the call when you hear it. So even when you don't know how something's going to work out, it's like, you feel that intuitive hit, that intuitive what call and then you answer it and I feel like and I was listening to your recent your new podcast which is really exciting and you were talking a little bit about that journey of your recent move to Mallorca and so I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit more about that here of the times in your life where you really have had to you know face answer that call into the unknown and then see how the universe it always works out in the best possible way and like how what kind of those journeys are like for you To be honest, when the call comes, it's too painful not to listen. Mm. So I don't actually feel like I have that much choice. People are like, oh, you could stay comfortable. I'm like, it's not comfortable. Uh, Staying is not comfortable. So I don't like maybe intellectually, it's comfortable to not make those changes or choices. But on every other level, it's so uncomfortable to not listen to the call that I, I don't really feel like I have that much of a choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when, yeah, when it comes, the, the impetus is just to listen and to follow. And perhaps this is because I also have this relationship where I'm not like my life is, my life is my own in terms of its own unique journey, but I don't own the direction. I don't, I'm not in control. I'm not in the driving seat. I'm like the passenger here. And, mm-hmm. and I'm willing to be on that journey and I'm willing to be on that ride. And I'd rather be the passenger than to be a really shitty driver and keep having crashes because I don't know where I'm going because nobody knows where we're going. Wow. Oh my gosh. Will you say more about that? Because I feel like people, there's a lot of messaging out there where it's like, oh, you know, be the creator of your own reality. You know, it's all up to you, which I think can be harmful because we forget that other piece that is the universe, that is the co-creation mm-hmm. with the divine. And that it's like, it's not ultimately up to us. So mm-hmm. yeah. What would you say about that? That's a really interesting topic because again, like as human beings having this human experience, we're also always living a paradox. So yes, you do create your own life in terms of perspective. So the thoughts we habitually think and the habits we habitually have impact the experience we have on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. But it does not change the trajectory of the journey our life is going to take. So for example, 
you know, we're all going to have our hearts broken at some point. Nobody can avoid that, no matter how many positive thoughts you have. Sorry. But what you can control and have what changes everything is your perspective around those experiences like heartbreak. So for me, for example, oh, I've had my heart broken so many times. I've broken so many hearts. I'm so grateful for all of them because I would rather live this life fully and have my heart broken and break those hearts and feel what it feels like to love so intensely and go through all of those beautiful, beautiful moments with someone than not. Yeah. And so my gratitude and my appreciation for the challenges changes my life because of, and that's how I control. That's how I can create my world and my experience. Mm. But I can't be like, well, we could, a lot of people do this. They're terrified of getting their heart broken. So they never open their hearts. And so they numb and block everything and their life is so wasted. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's again, that paradox of like, if we want to feel the full spectrum of the human experience, that means both joy and sorrow. <laughs> so if we're cutting ourselves from sorrow, we're also cutting ourselves off from joy. And so the embrace or the invitation is then to feel all of it. Mm. And that is like the beauty of this experience. Mm. Yeah. And then choose your perception. Like mm. is is it just, just like the worst thing ever or is it something beautiful? Mm. Same experience, your choice. You get to decide how you experience it, how, what your perspective is. Mm. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah, and I, another kind of like topic that's kind of coming through me that I would love to talk to you about is this idea of home because you're someone that's moved around a lot and is pretty nomadic, I would say. Yeah. You wrote an article that really resonated with me a couple of months ago because I was transitioning into like a fully nomad life and was really thinking about home and what home has meant to me in my childhood and, and really not ever having a home, like really in my life and never having a space that was truly mine. So really, and that was a choice as, as well as like, just how my life kind of happened, Mm -hmm. but really thinking about home. And you wrote this article where your friend said something about like, home is this, we can create a space, you know, that's home, but in reality, home, like we're all just visitors. We're all just kind of passing Mm -hmm. And so I'd love mm-hmm. to hear more about your relationship to home and how you've cultivated that as you move around and as you create homes all over the world. Hmm. Perhaps we have some similarity or there's a crossover in our experiences where I, and you know, in so many ways, this is a blessing. I never felt particularly safe at home in quotation marks as in like in the home of my family growing up, because it wasn't, it wasn't a safe space for me. And so I never really understood how some people just connect to a place or an environment in such a solid way. And because because of my childhood trauma, because of the challenges I went through, what I learned through my spiritual practices and through working through a lot of that was that the only home that I actually have in this world is my body because when my body ends like my experience here ends in the way that it it does and so in my environment as in like the places where we put our heads and put our things and things like that 
they get influenced by what you bring into that space. And so it's so easy for me to create home anywhere because it's just about me infusing my essence and my energy into a space and making it feel safe and comfortable and like a a space that I want to spend time in. But that's literally possible anywhere. I mean, I have a certain aesthetic and comfort preferences for sure. And I take those into account when I choose a new home each time I do, but it's not a specific place. Home is always something that you carry around with you. Mm. It is you, you are home. Yeah, Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah, I was thinking recently just like about the differences between your internal world and your external world. Cause I lately- I've been feeling like they, there's a dissonance between them. Like they don't totally match. And for, and, and I haven't had a home now in a, a long time. And I felt like cultivating a home space would kind of create this way where my internal reality and my external reality can meet at a point. So then like that maybe creates a feeling of home or mm-hmm. a feeling of like some kind of wholeness instead of it being so dissonant so yeah that was just a thought that I had and have you felt that well I haven't created the home space yet it's coming okay, um, okay. so I feel like there's a still a little bit of like a yeah just an ungrounding within kind of not having that space where I can really land something quite funny that I feel like has changed this a lot is is my cat Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So when I moved to Mexico after I think I lived there for almost two years and after my first year, a little baby fairy animal came into my life and I never had any intention of having a pet because of my lifestyle. I was like, that would be ridiculous. But circumstances upon circumstances, basically the universe was like, woman, take the fucking cat. (laughs) I was like, okay, (laughs) Jesus. And in a no, no relationship with a man or in any other circumstances has ever made me feel so anchored to something as having this cat does and so like the poor guy I mean he loves it he I'm sure he manifested me he's like moved around the world with me from Mexico to the UK now Spain who knows where we'll end up next he gives me such a strong sense of home because he's like this constant physical companion this reminder and this thing that I have to take care of and he's such a good teacher so I have to say the way that I feel about home has changed since he's in my life Mm. in a way that I had never expected or suspected so that's also something interesting and I wonder if it has something to do with having something to care for yeah yeah having that like consistent I mean it's a relationship you know it's like having Mm. that companion that companionship, that relationship that you're, yeah, you're caring for and paying attention mm-hmm. to. And that, that is, yeah, a, a cool thing to like ground you no matter what you'll mm-hmm. you have to create space for this companion. Oh, that's beautiful. I wanted to go back a little bit more to your business. And I kind of, we talked about this just in the way that, you know, you sustain and you show up with your business. But I think something that I also really admire about you is just the way that you infuse femininity and the qualities of the feminine into your business in a world where that's not celebrated and that's not supported. Mm -hmm. And even in our conversation about being, it's the way that you've been able to do that within business, I think is really remarkable. And I know that I took your Her Way course, which is 
beautiful. You created the best space. And I've met some of, I've met like a best friend, a soul sister from that space, all thanks to like, you created that space. And we just met in Puerto Rico and we're like, we have so many life similarities and we're just going to be friends forever. So just, it's so cool to see how I love it so much. Yeah. Just like how you created those women to come together and really cultivate Mm -hmm. those long lasting relationships. And so I'm curious, like, how are you able to show up with your business in such a feminine focused way when the world, everything else in the world wants to tell you otherwise? And did you ever kind of have to fight against that or what has that been like? I put my blinkers on (laughs) to what the rest of the world is saying and doing a lot because I'm really interested in informing my actions through this relationship that I have with source Mm. and so that's disconnecting from the external noise and connecting inwards and then allowing that to come through and it's funny like at the moment I'm sitting on three programs that I'm desperate to release but like she's like not on your timeline woman you do it on the universe's timeline on when you're when you're told it's time you do it but you can't push it out and it's annoying like the the human part of me the the strategic aspect that's like no 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 like this is how things have to happen is like just let me do it but she's like no and so the way the reason why I'm able to do it is a because I connect to that aspect so I'm informed from internal connection to something that's bigger than me mm. and secondly trusting that just like trusting and surrendering to it even when that resistance comes up even when my head is like okay like now is a really good timing for this to happen and I was thinking about this today because I was like having a moment where I was a bit frustrated like oh why can't I release this program that I want to release kind of thing (laughs) and I had this and I get this a lot when I when I connect or when I'm just still with myself for a moment this wisdom come through because something has to fall into place before this thing can happen and you just don't know what it is yet you can't know what it is until it happens and I was like okay and that helped me relax and surrender and just trust the process again because I feel oh yeah like anything could happen between now and the next thing that happens so just allowing and trusting that process and knowing that I'm just so so supported which I am the more I surrender the more that I trust the more that I connect the more supported I am, the more I resist, the more I force, the more I play into these linear patriarchal systems, the more everything gets fucked up in my life. So I just like, I I just know better now. I know better. Mm -hmm. Just continue to trust. Yeah. It makes me think too about like uh, community and how you cultivate community, either in the online space or whatever location you find yourself in. And is that something like, do you need to surround yourself with a like-minded community because, you know, you're doing things differently and does that really help you or are you kind of like stay in your own lane and, and that, and you and your knowing and your wisdom is enough. Mm-hmm. I would say that fluctuates. Yeah. I, as a general rule, I'm like, stay in my own lane just stay connected I the wisdom that I need everything I have everything I need it is all coming through but if I find myself amongst people who are resourced in the same way that I am and they have access to that and we are really like-minded then 
that feels really, really nourishing and I can relax into that space and that feels really supportive. So it's both. Yeah. It's both. It's not one or the other. For sure, I'm going to seek out and also naturally attract people who are, you know, it's a, we attract same, the same vibe. We, we attract by energy. Everything's energy. And so I know that when I openly and authentically share myself, then I'm going to attract that back. Um, but there's all sorts of people in the world and there's all sorts of communities and constructs and everything. And so when I find myself in a space that doesn't quite align, I always know that I, I can just stay in my own lane and I'm good there. Yeah. So it just varies. It varies on uh, depending on what's happening. Something that's really helpful to me is just to remember that there's that wisdom and insight and signs everywhere all the time. And they might come from the most unusual places. So just listening and being open mm. is huge without judging who or what that information is coming from. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Oh my gosh. Thank you. And I know, do you want to share a little bit about cocoon that you have coming up or is that still happening? Yes, it definitely is. This is one of the programs that I'm like, okay, I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited about cocoon. So as you know, I, I ran her way. I've run her way twice now, which is a month long women's business training, basically teaching the very, very Mm, basics of how I run my business in the way that I do and after the first training I had a whole group of women ask me if there was any way they could keep going and so that was basically what cocoon is it's a nine month long business cocoon where we go deeper into the structures and practices both spiritual and practical yeah. for running your business. But mostly it's what it's really, really helpful. And what we discovered last year when we ran it was that it's really good for people who are in their first or second year of business that want that safe space within which they're held and supported and, and feel really, really nurtured in to, because it's such a fragile, sensitive time, that first year or two, because there's so much uncertainty. There's so much, everything's so new. Everything feels a little bit vulnerable. So having that space that you're in or you're on a journey with all these other people is absolutely magical. Honestly, I never cried so hard as I had at the end of our last call last year of Cocoon. It was just the most powerful program I've ever been a part of and I was like it's my own program it was so beautiful also because you know we it became such an intimate group everyone was going through their own personal life journeys you know we had a death we had a divorce we had all sorts of like health issues and all sorts of things happen while we're in this space together that we journeyed alongside one another it was just so so special wow oh that's beautiful and you're running it again this year Mm -hmm. Yes, I am. It's starting in March. <laughs> As if, if the universe lets me. <laughs> if the universe allows you. I love that. Exactly. Yeah, for some reason, this question keeps coming through, but I'm so curious if you've ever wanted to or have plans to write a book. And yes, that's coming down the line. <laughs> yes, I actually, I, oh. And this is when we started this conversation, I was talking about writing and writing practice. And one of the reasons why I said that I could be more consistent is because 
I want I want to write this book mm. and I haven't like I keep I was saying it all of last year and I haven't sat down and not even started but I want to write a novel actually because I am so over self-help books I'm like so over them yeah <laughs> I don't want to ever read another one again same and but what I love reading is novels and novels just like life can be full of insights and self-helpy kind of concepts and all sorts of stuff so yeah that's that's on the agenda writing a novel <laughs> oh that's so beautiful oh my gosh my like mm-hmm. my soul is lit up by hearing that we can't I'm so excited <laughs> yeah one of the last things is that I always love sharing creative resources on this podcast so that's like just anything that's inspiring you either right now or something that's really inspired you on your journey that you want to share, but whether that's books or podcasts or any kind of resources that has helped you. I mean, there's so much, I find this question really hard to answer because I feel like the right resources will find you Mm. when you need them. And that's going to always change and evolve. Totally. But I would say the number one thing with creativity is just to act on it mm. like start that podcast write that article start the book self and like that's a hint to myself do those things paint that picture do whatever it is that you feel called and drawn to start doing it don't think about whether it's perfect enough or like whatever whatever allow yourself to be bad allow yourself to be messy allow yourself to learn it's the only way you're going to get there so when with when in terms of creativity, allowing the creativity to flow through you through action is the most powerful thing you can do ever. And the more you do, the more you can do as well. And it expands and, and evolves into its own thing. And that's just so beautiful. Mm, thank you. I love that. Yeah. And then very last question is what does your creativity mean to you? Oh my goodness. It's like my life force. Yeah. I don't know who I am without creative expression. I don't know if I would, I think I would cease to exist. So it is my like life force. Yeah. Life force. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Vienda. It's been such a pleasure and a joy to have you on today. And then where can people find you? um, And where can they find your new podcast and everything that you're up to? Yeah, so on social media, I just use Instagram, Vienda Maria, Vienna, Vienna. Sorry, <laughs> I've had a long day, so my brain is a little bit mushy right now. But I was going to say Vienda is spelled like Vienna with the second N is a D, Vienda Maria. My website is also viendamaria.com. And my very, very baby new podcast is called Redefine. And it's on Spotify and Anchor FM. I've got a new episode coming out tomorrow. (laughs) Beautiful. I love that. I'm so happy that you started a podcast because you have all the insight and wisdom to share. Mm, Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode and thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, please feel free to share it with a friend and tell them what inspired you. Or 
If you'd be so kind, you can rate and review the podcast. And when you do, I would love to gift you my free guided writing meditation that will connect you to your creativity, yourself, and your spirituality. Just go on over to my Instagram at Leah Van Doren. That's L-E-Y-A-V-A-N-D-O-R-E-N and send me a screenshot of your review and I will send over the meditation and I would love to hear your thoughts. Stay inspired, stay creative, and keep shining your creative soul.